Hey, everybody. Thank you for checking out yet another bonus episode. So after I had already done my September 11th bonus episode, I was looking on my remembering 9-11 page on Facebook and somebody posted a video of a song about 9-11. And I looked and it was from a gentleman named Frankie Manganiello, and I'm sorry if I butchered that, but it was actually him who shared it. So I thought that was kind of really awesome. So I listened to it and I told him, hey, I'd love to have it on here. So I just wanted to do a little play for you. And here it is.
Frankie about the song he said that it was written just days after 9-11 occurred and that he had dreamt that he, he sang that very song so when he woke up it was basically already written so he drove into Duluth Minnesota that morning and just like he regular day he turned on the TV and went to go just watch some uplifting cartoons and was in for a rude awakening like everybody else. And so I think, again, like I mentioned in the 9-11 episode, it, we all remember what we did that day. We remembered what we were doing, where we were, and whether it's me driving errands or, or Frankie watching cartoons, it just, we all kind of remember. So... I know it was deeply affected all of us. And so while we're doing this extra second bonus episode on the 20th anniversary of September 11th, I, again, I usually post things about the victims on remembering 9-11 on my Facebook page. So I thought I would just read real quick about the most recent one that I just did. And on 9-11, I usually do them all, all throughout the day. But uh, this is the most recent one I did. And it was uh, for Elizabeth Ann Betty Farmer. She was killed in the World Trade Center and says, Betty Farmer once rejected Duke Ellington, a jazz singer who made her debut with the Dixieland band in her native New Orleans as a teenager. She toured with Mr. Ellington in the 1960s and 1970s, and in 1972, she performed with him in Carnegie Hall. But when Mr. Ellington offered her a long-term contract, her daughter said that she turned it down. Quote, my mother was a free spirit, said Catherine Nesbitt, 38 years old. She said, Duke, I love you, but I'd be bored out of my mind. Miss Farmer, 62 and divorced, performed in clubs and jazz festivals, lived in different cities, and once even owned a nightclub in Denver, Colorado. She also had a son, Sean Farmer, 42, who just died this year. And not this year in 2020, but this was in the obituary. So when it basically when she died or before she died, I imagine. In 1997, she moved to New York City at the urging of Miss Nesbitt, who told her, you have to go. It's for you. Miss Nesbitt was right. Miss Farmer made new friends, started playing the guitar, and although on a singing hiatus, was preparing a comeback. David Jung, an actor and comedian, said Miss Farmer had agreed to lend her big, sultry voice and gift 
for a comedy to a number of sketches he was going to tape for a comedy show bound for theater. Miss Farmer's most recent job was with Cantor Fitzgerald, where she worked as an executive assistant for three weeks before the attacks. And so that's why I love posting these about the victims, because, yeah, they all died this horrible death, right? But before that, they had lives. They they had hobbies and likes and dislikes and quirks and fun personalities, and they were people. And I, I, I've had people in my past, uh, one of my really good friends was murdered several years ago. And whenever I think of her, I think of that first and I'm like, wait a second, for 20 years, she had this amazing life with a child and, you know, she, she was her own person. So why am I thinking of the last moments of her life and death when I should be thinking of the better times? And so that's why it's so important to me to give these victims their voice, to to show you, hey, these people were somebody, you know. And so, uh, and just real quick, going back to Frankie Manginello's song, I want to just say that if you want to listen to it again, obviously you can listen to it on this, or you could go to YouTube and it is titled That Morning in September. So there you go. And I just want to read, if you will, just one more. And it was from a battalion chief who died in the World Trade Center. He was part of Engine 26 and his name was Thomas Farino. Says Battalion Chief Farino's act of heroism. Over 400 first responders lost their lives on September 11, 2001. Heroically performing their sworn duty, these firefighters, members of the NYPD and PAPD, and numerous other rescue workers will forever be remembered for their sacrifice. Captain Thomas Farino was the rock on which his wife Mary built her life. He was the baby in a family of six boys, sons of a New York City policeman. He was captain of Engine Company 26 in Manhattan, doing a job that he loved. He was posthumously promoted to battalion chief. I never knew anyone who woke up in the morning happy to go to work, said Mrs. Farino, and his schedule allowed for a lot of family time for their children, Jane, 10, James, 6. It was like having another mother. Five out of seven days, they'd have daddy at home. I'm not making it a fairy tale. Everyone has good times and bad times, she said. But the good times were rolling recently. A new house, uh, the fourth trip to Disney World. He was the most content person I'd ever met, Mrs. Farino says. Throughout their 20 years together, she said he would tell her, love me all you want, want me all you want but don't need me so much. You have to get your strength from someone higher than me. After the attack, she thought, wow, this is what he was talking about. It was a gift he gave me by telling me I'm stronger than I think. I know how happy he would feel to know that I believe I am stronger. And so, wow, they were together 20 years and he's been gone just that long. So... Very, very sad, but uh, 
it's just people like like this gentleman chief farino battalion chief farino that there's so many other people that are alive today because they helped they made a difference they went in and you know that's why i have so much respect for law enforcement and for firefighters and emts and just every single first responder those men and women are so brave you know they're they're doing things that i just like could only dream of doing so if you're listening and you are a police officer or firefighter or emt or paramedic uh, for any type of first responder i just from the bottom of my heart want to say thank you thank you for all that you do wherever you live wherever you're at wherever you're serving i'm sure that your community is just absolutely so grateful and i know you guys have to deal you guys and gals have to deal with some major assholes sometimes and so i'm sorry about that but just know that you are loved and appreciated and respected so thank you and so yeah throughout the day i'm going to be posting on remembering 9 11 so please go check it out see more of who these people were and not how they died we'll see you in just a day or two for the newest episode right here on paranormal prowlers podcast thank you guys stay safe and we will see you next week sorry not doing the monster voice on my 9-11 memorial things but you'll get that next monday this coming monday and again big 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 gigantic shout out to frankie manganello and see that seems like a really nice healthy italian name like me, Maro, but I <laughs> I still am the queen of butchering last names, so sorry once again. But I will end this episode on this note. Frank writes, I was just used as an instrument to bring forth a message of comfort and healing while maybe reminding people that united together as one America, we are strong and nothing can stop us. <laughs>